Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, and PJ Glasser with you. And we are joined by Pro Sports Better TA. You can check out his website, clevanalytics.com. And TA, let's start with the AFC Championship game. Thought this was interesting. Was listening to 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. And they were talking about how the Ravens have won nine games against teams with winning records by two touchdowns or more yet the spread is three and a half to four depending on where you do your shopping so what do you like in this matchup yeah hey guys i uh that's funny you you mentioned that because this is the real story of this game uh from the spread perspective because if you put a blindfold on you know, who these quarterbacks are for these teams, you know, for, for uh, especially for Kansas City, and you just did blind resume, here's here's all the data for the season, here's what they've actually, uh, it was, you know, each team has actually done this year, what should the line be? And, you know, clearly this line should be a lot higher, should, you know, probably be, based on my numbers, closer to six and a half or so, uh, but you're paying a tax because it's, it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side, and we know who he is, and we know the priors on him and Andy Reid and all that, so, uh, you know, it's an interesting kind of tug of war between, you know, uh, as a better, are you going to trust your actual numbers on the game or are you going to throw those away and understand that you have the greatest quarterback maybe that we've seen in our lifetime uh, right now and Patrick Mahomes on the other side and you don't want to fade that. Uh, so it, it's a tough, uh, tough decision uh, in that regard. I mean, I personally haven't taken a side on this game uh, yet. I think, you know, Maybe the Baltimore money line um, paired up with uh, the under. I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think both teams are uh, clearly uh, much better against the pass than the run. Uh, Kansas City is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. We know that Baltimore can run the ball uh, from a kind of power, kind of power formation. Uh, Baltimore is one of the best in the NFL, and Kansas City is dead last at defending those types of runs. So you can see a lot of Gus Edwards uh, just kind of right down their throat. Uh, who knows if Willie Gay is going to play or not, but so that could hurt, you know, hurt, hurt them defensively as well. So uh, that could eat some clock on the other side of the ball. You've got a great defense, uh, defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, who will likely scheme up some really good pressures against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they got Marlon Humphrey back, so uh, they'll try to keep everything underneath. And I think that's another uh, reason why Kansas City might decide to run the ball as well against those kind of two, two high shell defenses uh, that, that they're used to seeing. So you could see a lot of, uh, lot of running. Uh, clock being, uh, you know, drained away uh, and maybe, you know, get a Baltimore and an under kind of a combination. So I'm leaning that way uh, from a parlay perspective, but I haven't, haven't taken anything yet in that regard. TA, which team do you have power rated uh, number one in the NFL and how close is it uh, between Baltimore and San Francisco? So the way I do things, I don't, I don't necessarily do power ratings. My, my uh, analysis is all matchup based. So mm-hmm. you could have, one team will raise a little bit higher than the other, but if, if the, just based on how they play and their coverage schemes and all those sorts of things line up a certain way, you might actually have the, I'm actually have the team that's you know, uh, not power rated as high uh, be a team that I'd want to favor. So, uh, but, you know, kind of absent all that, I, I do have the Ravens just barely uh, ahead of San Francisco. And I think depending on how these games turn out, if it is San Francisco and Baltimore, uh, I do think that the Ravens would take some money uh, right away if, if San Francisco is a, you know, opens up as a one-point favorite or something. Uh, but I do think it's, you know, you're, you're splitting hairs. Uh, it's essentially a pick I think, either way, if those two teams play each other. 
TA, when you look at this game, and if you're looking at uh, player props between the Ravens and the Chiefs, how would you go about attacking uh, Mark Andrews? Because likely he's been so good for Baltimore. He scored a touchdown in five straight games, but Andrews is Lamar's favorite target. So would you just stay away from Andrews completely? Or do you think that maybe they use him as a decoy this week? How would you attack uh, trying to bet the Baltimore tight ends? Yeah, that's really hard. It's always difficult when when you have a player who's missed a bunch of games and coming back from injury the first time out, you have no idea how they're going to react. You know, what's the re-injury rate uh, for for a, a guy like him? You know, I, I don't know all those things, so I typically just avoid it altogether. I don't want to fade it. I don't want to back him. Uh, if he does play uh, and we do see some likely props, you know, at a discount, I would probably lean to just instead of worrying about Andrews, just taking some likely overs if, if the number is right, because I do think he'll get discounted. But even if Andrews does play, I think likely he's going to get a lot of usage anyway uh, in some of those heavy formations. Like I said, they're probably just going to try to run the ball a lot, uh, use some power formations. And I think, you know, likely can still get some action because this Kansas City secondary is so good defending wide receivers. I actually tweeted about this morning. If you look at the list of number one wide receivers that they face, and it's pretty much all the best ones in the NFL, they've held all of them except for uh, one Devontae Adams game. Uh, below their season average, like, and they're not even close. Like guys like Justin Jefferson get 28 yards, AJ Brown at eight yards. We saw Stephon Diggs, who you know may or may not be washed, but he had 21 yards last week. It's just incredible, time after time. So they may just shut down those wide receivers, and Lamar just focuses on both Andrews and uh, Likely. So uh, that's one way to potentially attack it. Just not worry about Andrews. Maybe you get Likely at a discount, and you can uh, you know take a, a discounted uh, uh, prop number for him instead. We did power rankings and we were trying to rank the uh, teams left standing, their weaknesses. And I really couldn't find one for the Ravens. But I guess if I want to get nitpicky, I was looking at some of their losses, kind of scratched the Steelers off. But um, when the Colts beat them, Zach Moss racked up 122 yards on the ground and Jerome, Jerome Ford 107 yards in the ground game. Could we or should we be looking at Pacheco props? Is that something you would have your eye on in this matchup? You know, he's dealing with a turf toe. I know he's been kind of limited in practice this week. Oh, I mean, I'm sure he'll go. Uh, but we, this could end up being a game script where, you know, if the Ravens go out ahead early, then Kansas City can't really run the ball. And so you kind of eliminate a lot of the Pacheco uh, props in that case. So there's a little bit of a risk. Uh, I will say one prop I did take uh, kind of in that line. So, the Ravens are 26 in explosive uh, run rate allowed, so they have allowed some big, you know, kind of chunk yardage, um, and they're kind of middle of the pack from a, you know, EPA perspective. So they aren't great defending the run, and they haven't faced many good running quarterbacks this year. In fact, between uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert are the only uh, quarterbacks that rank top 20 in yards per game on the ground. And those guys aren't necessarily, you know, scramblers uh, that, that you're worried about. Those, they both ran for over 40 yards against the Ravens. You know, Deshaun Watson had a, had a good game uh, when he played in that second game out uh, uh, for the Browns. So uh, one, one prop I do like and maybe one area that, you know, that could be exploited is Patrick Mahomes over his rush yards. I have over 25 and a half. I, think. I haven't checked this morning if that's still available, but something anything under 28 is fine, I think, from his perspective. And, the fact that Baltimore plays so much man coverage, they're one of the more man-heavy uh, schemes in the NFL, and that always lends itself to uh, quarterbacks being able to scramble because you get those rush lanes, the, the, the defensive backs have their uh, backs to the quarterback, 
and you can find if he could get past the, the pass rush, you know, he could find some lanes there. So that is one way is as on the high leverage downs and those third or fourth downs, you know, he may pick up those uh, those key uh, key conversions. And so that's one area, I guess, outside of, you know, instead of focusing on Pacheco, maybe uh, take a look at the Patrick Mahomes. He always steps up his kind of running uh, abilities in, in the playoffs. With, and we've seen that with Josh Allen and Lamar and other guys like that, that they, they rush a lot more in these high leverage games in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. So um, a lot of these numbers are based on the regular season total. So you get a little bit of a discount uh, when the fact that that's when they really um, step up the most. So that's probably one area that I look at. T.A., let's flip over to the NFC Championship. We've got the Niners favored by a touchdown. High total, 51 against the Lions, and one of the big talking points early in the week, I don't know that we're going to learn anything over the next couple days, certainly the injury report and Debo and the on-off splits, San Francisco's record when he plays a full game versus when he's out or when he misses part of a game. But, um, you know, the Lions injury report, also noteworthy. You've got Laporta not practicing, Ragnar not practicing. We expect them to play, but they're not practicing as far as Wednesday goes. And then the one that seems to be flying under the radar is Jonah Jackson, because when he was not out there last weekend, I mean, his backup was awful. So injury report wise, what matters the most? Yeah, I think that you, you hit on it. Jonah Jackson, I don't expect to play at all. Um, and Ragno will play, but he's got two sprained knees, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. To talk about so, so these guys are just so tough uh, to play an NFL game when you have two sprained knees. So that's going to be a problem uh, without Jackson and with a banged up uh, rag now in the middle against this San Francisco pass rush. Eric Armstead um, you know, came back last week. The defense is much better when he's on the field. Uh, in fact, you know, they're, they're a, you know, a top 10 level defense in general, but when he plays, they're number two in the NFL uh, by EPA numbers. So they can really get after the quarterback. You know, last week they didn't sack uh, Jordan Love many times, but they got a lot of pressure. And that's one of those things where pressure sometimes is more impactful than sacks. But it's a, it was a slippery field. That's always hard for a pass rush to get a get their footing. It's an advantage for the offense in that uh, in that regard when you have a wet field. So this week should be dry. I expect them to really get a push uh, up the middle, and that's going to affect Jared Goff, who goes from when you look at PFF grades. Number two in the NFL with a clean pocket, he's number 27 when pressure. And we know anyone who's paid attention to Jared Goff knows he hates pressure, not mobile. Uh, he makes a lot of mistakes. His turnover-worthy plays uh, skyrocket. He's top 10 in that uh, regard when, when he's pressured. So I think that the Niners are going to give them a hard time uh, up the middle. And then you talked about Debo Samuel. I, I think a lot of those on-offs with are really – I don't know if they're media-driven, they're not doing their homework, but if you, if you dig in a little bit more – you realize that the reason that the numbers look so bad with Debo off this this season is because Trent Williams also missed the sa- almost the same number of games as Debo Samuel mm-hmm. at the same time. Those they both got hurt against the Browns and they missed a couple games. So the numbers look even worse because you're doubling. You know your two best players maybe out of offense are out at the same time. So I ran the numbers when Debo uh, is off the field, but Trent Williams plays this year. They still have like the second best. EPA in the NFL at offense, so the second-best offense. When both guys are off the field and miss time, they're 23rd. So it, it really is a Trent Williams impact more than it is a Debo Samuel impact. And, yeah, you'd love to have him, but still have a lot of weapons, and you're going up against a really bad pass defense in the Lions. And even last year, Debo Samuel missed, what, four games? 
uh, he missed four games, and the Niners scored 31, 21, 37, and 37 points. Like, that wasn't a problem last year. So I, I think we're overblowing the Debo Samuel impact. I personally don't, you know, maybe the half a point to the, to the spread for me, but I, I think that when you see some of these numbers that people are posting all over the place on Twitter and in the media, it's not very accurate because it just so happens that the best tackle in the NFL was also out at the same exact time for much of that. So it, it's totally skewed in that regard. Yeah, we got about three minutes left. I want to get your thoughts on Brandon Ayuk just because of how much the Lions have struggled against number one ride receivers. You look at what Mike Evans did, what Puka did, Justin Jefferson in the couple times that they met the final few weeks of the regular season. Their past defense has struggled, but in general, they've really struggled against number one wide receivers. Ayuk's receiving prop is at 80 and a half, so that's certainly built into the line. Uh, how much Detroit has struggled against number ones. Would you still take that with Ayuk? I mean, can you see him going for 100-plus yards, or at the 80-and-a-half, is is that a pass? Has it gotten just too much for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm a value player, so that gets a little rich for me. Uh, I think that's like almost 10 yards higher than it was last week, uh, if I recall. So it's definitely baked into these lines, especially when you get in the postseason, these these, these numbers get pounded so early in the week that it, it'll, by the time you, you come into, you know, a Thursday like today, it's hard to find value there. Not saying he won't get there because, it, like you mentioned, I think every number one receiver has gone over 100 yards in the last, you know, two months against the Lions defense. We also have to remember uh, a lot of times these teams are trailing or the game's close, so they are throwing even more than normal. So you inflate some of those numbers. Uh, and this week, I, you know, you haven't asked me, I, I actually love the, the, the Niners this week. I actually think they'll, they'll blow out the lines. I don't think it's going to be close. So you could get a little depressed, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, statistics at the end, uh, at the end of the day because of that. I actually like the McCaffrey rush yards. I think his number is about five, five yards lower than it was last week, and, and people are, are not paying attention to the fact that Detroit's run defense is top five by a lot of kind of um, unadjusted metrics. But when you look at who they face, They've only faced one running back who ranks top 15 in yards per carry. That's Kyron Williams. Even in that game, in the wild card game, they gave up 13 for 61. You could have you could have rushed for a lot more, but he got hurt, and they were just you know so focused on the on the pass game that they didn't concentrate on him. They haven't faced anybody even close to the level of McCaffrey. And even Rashad White last week was not very efficient. Had nine for 55, and he got hurt. Uh, and they were coming from behind. So in a game state where I think the Niners will be ahead a lot. I think uh, McCaffrey's rush yards are uh, a little bit – you're getting a little bit of a discount here, and everyone's focusing on guys like Ayuk and, the, and Purdy. I think that McCaffrey could be salting this game away in the second half, and he could post uh, some, some pretty big numbers here. So I, I have him modeled uh, closer to 96 yards, and I think he's sitting at about 88 uh, uh, right now in the, in, the, in the pot market. So that's, that's who I'm personally uh, attacking. About 30 seconds. Would you be looking at Niners' alt spread then? Yes. Absolutely, yes. And so real quick, uh, why I like the Niners so much, it really comes down to what the Lions love to do on offense. They love to attack the middle of the field. Goff is top five in both EPA uh, over the middle of the field and number of attempts. That's all. I mean, that's, that's their bread and butter. But the Niners are number one in the NFL in defending the middle of the field by EPA. Dre Greenlaw and uh, Fred Warner are awesome uh, defending the, uh, from a coverage perspective. They're going to shut down the middle of the field, and there's really not much else that the Lions can do. Goff does not like to throw outside the numbers. He's not going to have success there. Uh, he's not faced a lot of teams that generate pressure like the Niners do. You've got the uh, interior offensive line banged up like we talked about. He's going to deal with a lot of pressure. If they trail early, this thing is going to be over. And uh, I do like 
some of the alt set, like minus 13 and a half, minus 19 and a half, or a couple of numbers that I would look at just under some key key numbers uh, in that regard. So I, I do think this this has a you know kind of a tail outcome of uh, a major blowout, and I would definitely look at if you could get 19 and a half. I think it was at like plus 380. Um, 19 and a half. One area that I would look wow. at. Wow. I love it. Thank you so much for your insight. I know Joe Ostrowski will be loving that as well. Fade the Lions, you say? He's all about it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, we go off the board.